This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. for Holy Communion, and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Running the way of thy commandments. This line in the Collect Prayer for this Sunday speaks volumes of our proper view of our responsibility as Christians. We know the call upon all of us through the law as fulfilled by Jesus Christ and mandated, therefore, for us to run in his ways, both with what we rehearsed earlier today with the Decalogue, the law, and also with the subsequent commands of Jesus Christ to us, culminating right before his ascension into heaven, chiefly the Great Commission, the commission, the mandate to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Israel's mandate running the way of God's law was as we know, within the borders of the promised land. And this is what we read about today in 1 Samuel chapter 17 of David and Israel and Saul facing the invading Philistines and the challenge of Goliath. Our mandate for us as Christians today is the whole earth, facing enemies all around to confront with the gospel, to challenge their sins by calling them to repentance, to call them to submit to Jesus Christ as King and Lord, to be in a state of life as we are, as we read today in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 2, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you. The life we live in Jesus Christ is not static. It is ongoing. It is running in the way of the law through Christ alone. And we all know we are unable to obey God's law fully, completely alone. We need our Savior Jesus Christ fulfilling everything to enable us to move forward, to run in his ways through him and by him alone. This morning, let us continue our series in 1 Samuel to meditate upon our call to truly run in the way of the commandments of Jesus Christ to his glory to the expansion of his church. First, in the context of 1 Samuel 17, the Philistine invasion we are reading about was the result of Israel's presence in the promised land and the initial obedience of Joshua centuries earlier to take Israel into the land, to take the, the land in the name of God. As we know in this history, some of the pagan nations in the land were not defeated and they lingered on at various degrees, often in a strong position to enslave God's people. This is often what our enemies do to this day. They seek to enslave us in sin. This is what Israel faced with Goliath. This is what Israel faced with the Philistines. Their invasion of the clan of Judah's territory was a direct affront to God's command to his people to take the promised land, to maintain their presence through the obedience to God's law in the land, and to fight the remnants of these enemies 
that remained. King Saul and the army of Israel, as we read in 1 Samuel 7 to chapter 17, were following God's call to expand, to take the promised land. The external threat of the pagan nations to Israel after defeat in battle was to entice Israel to adopt the pagan ways of their lives, of running contrary to God's law, away from God's law. The aim of Goliath, the great warrior, and the Philistines as well as all enemies to this day is to absorb us into their way of living, into the way they do things. This means enticing us into a life of stalemate, stagnation, placing the coin God has given us into the soil. Such attacks are meant to take ground from God and the church and his people. It was true in the time of Saul and David and is true today where we face enemies that entice us through tempting the church to adopt idolatrous practices. While Israel's mandate was to expand in the promised land and to maintain this, our mandate as a church through the Great Commission is to expand, to expand the body of Christ throughout the world. This is in direct obedience to the commission that has, was given to us by Christ. At various times, parts of the church have been lured either through temptation or even forced to disobey the Great Commission to expand. After Islamic armies took much of the Middle East in the Middle Ages, one thing they demanded from the Christian communities left in places like Antioch and Jerusalem was that they could no longer seek to expand the church. They were free to practice their faith as long as they remained insular, meaning they had to stay in place, they had to stay static, only increasing through families already associated with the church. This is one way our enemies seek to stop the church from obeying the Great Commission. In this model, the people of God are lulled into a physical security through their oppressive government that they can exist as long as they stay in place, as long as they bury the talent, so to speak. This type of status for the church can only occur, this type of status for the church can also occur in countries where we're still free to preach the gospel, where we're still free to expand the church. Instead, though, churches here are lulled into a slumber that they should not rock the boat with the gospel and thus stay put without pushing the gospel outside the bounds of the church in fear of offending the pagans around us. Even churches that state they reject the secular model that tells us to keep our faith to ourselves must be careful not to fall also into a sort of stagnant status. The temptation here is the church and the attempt to stay pure in terms of how the local members see themselves compared to the rest of the world will often place non-biblical essentials and standards and barriers up that in effect stifle the gospel message from being proclaimed to draw people into the church. Both types are types that stay stagnant. Both types are victories for the enemies of the cross because they have achieved the goal of keeping the church from seeking to obey the Great Commission. Any policy that seeks to stay put or to think that we can't 
go any more forward and have arrived is a policy that has surrendered to the Goliaths of this world. Our mandate to expand as the church is universal. It is Catholic. This begins with the local body connected to the whole church with a common mission to obey the Great Commission mandate, to run in the way of God's commandments, not away from them. Locally, this means we are connected as one church to the body of Jesus Christ throughout the entire world. Our connection is through Christ alone, his body and his blood as we partake on the Lord's day. We as the body of Christ, whether worshiping here today as we are in Houston or in Africa, are one in Christ through our mutual obedience to come to worship on the Lord's day. We are still one, even though we are spread across the globe in many services, whether distanced by thousands of miles or through multiple services in one location. We are still one around one altar. We only expand in obedience to the Great Commission through God's relentless love in his mercy, grace, and sanctification of all of us, inwardly and outwardly. We do this through obedience to his command by casting the nets to a dying world to be brought into the refuge of the church. When we lose this obedient focus to turn inward, pulling the net, so to speak, up into the boat to rot in the ship through our various excuses, we cease in our obedience to Christ. Generally, if we look at scripture and the history of the church, there are two obstacles to the expansion of the church that we see both with Israel and that we see today. First, it's the outside enemies that we see that are most obvious. For ancient Israel, in our lesson today, it was Goliath, the mighty warrior of the Philistines, challenging one Israelite to single combat with a winner-take-all outcome. In our daily lives in Jesus Christ, we face the Goliath in our own time in the form of the world, the flesh, and the devil. The enemies of the cross are patient. They're persistent. While we tend to go to the extreme in terms of the outward enemies of the church, that they have the goal of simply destroying us and killing our earthly bodies. This is not always the case. Often their aim is just like Goliath, to get us into a stalemate through fear for 40 days. Their aim is to get us to bury the talent or the coin given us by God instead of obedience to God in his intent with the coin. Good, faithful stewardship to increase what is entrusted to us. Enemies like Goliath want us stuck in the mud. They want us to bury the coin. They want us to hide the light. The other type of enemy we face are those within the body itself, within ourselves in terms of our sin nature. These are sometimes fed to come out by the Goliaths of this world in terms of fear and coming to stalemate. Or sometimes as happened with the entire army of Israel arrayed to face the Philistines, the enemy within comes up with the excuse that we're too weak or we're too small to make a difference and that obedience to expand is beyond our capacity. This is the element of the enemy approach that wants us to remain weak to rely on self for strength, to give excuses as why we will not step out in faith 
and the strength and power of God, as David eventually did against Goliath. Another enemy within we all face are voices within the body itself that attack those that are seeking to obey the mandate given by God to expand. We read of this today with David's eldest brother attacking and chastising David for his words regarding Goliath. Sometimes we face the same from fellow believers that attack those that want to do as David, to follow the commandments of Christ, to follow the Great Commission. They attack through wanting to not rock the boat of our society and therefore do as churches under Islamic rule, to hide under a rock through an insular monastic faith that does not seek to expand the church of Jesus Christ through evangelism. Another excuse we encounter is the excuse that we've arrived. It's an arrived sense of Christianity that ignores the epistle today that stated you are being saved through the lifelong process of sanctification. Such arrived types promote insularity and all attempts to expand the church in fear that people coming in might contaminate us. This sort promotes, again, stalemate. Stagnation, that sitting by, not going backwards or forwards is the way to go to bury the talent instead of seeking God to increase what he has given us in the first place. An arrived sense of status with God plagued Israel as well during the Old Testament. The first generation after Joshua conquered most of the land, but the genera- that generation quickly fell away into paganism after Joshua and the others died. They fell to the paganism of those they did not expel. The reason? Israel felt they arrived. They felt they no longer had to move forward through teaching their children of who they were and God and all that God had done for them and their ancestors and bringing them out of Egypt. They had just conquered the land and felt they were done. With this arrived sense, the next generation forgot God. Arrival is never good when it promotes stalemate, when it promotes us to stay in place or to bury the coin in regard to not taking care in the continuation of expanding the church, both through reaching the lost and to raising our children in the faith and fear of God. Lastly, in knowing the mandate we all have to expand and the enemies we face that try to stop the expansion of the church is the action we as God's people are called to take through God's power and grace. All steps to grow in God and to strive to expand his people throughout the world start small, with humility. Too often we become paralyzed with fear in these things, thinking we have to start large, and therefore we don't move at all. Rather, the point is the Lord calls all of us to take small baby steps in the faith, to start small and lowly, yet still moving forward, running in the way of his commandments. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 34 through 37 provides us with an example of this humility and this small step motivate, that motivated David to face the mighty Goliath. Yes, God motivates us through the small steps of faith that he places in our lives. But David said to Saul, 
Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. David did not come taking provisions to his brothers with no preparation behind him. He came fully prepared by God. We often think the small things, the mundane things, the humble things as David went through as a shepherd do not count in preparing us for the large obstacles we all face in the faith. Yet as seen throughout scripture, such do prepare, whether as a lowly shepherd to become the greatest king in Israel's history, or through lowly fishermen that became the core of the apostles under Jesus Christ. We are called to do all we do in Jesus Christ as the lowly publican from the gospel lesson today realizing and owning and repenting our own sins and not comparing ourselves with others. This is our constant charge with how we deal with each other in the church and those God is bringing into his church. The call upon all of us that are being saved by Christ is to hold fast with humility to the word of God through obedience to everything he has commanded, especially the Great Commission. How do we act in this regard? As a church, it means we open our doors as much as possible in the spirit of obedience to hospitality, to come to let those that are coming to Christ come to worship around his table, strangers and fellow believers alike. We are called to welcome all God brings into this house through a godly hospitality, making room for all God brings to worship and to grow with us around the Lord's table to be fed by his body and his blood in this sanctuary that is God's house, not our house. We, as the members of this parish, are merely stewards of this place of worship, just as the folks given the talents in the parable of the talents. We can either faithfully increase what has been given us, or we can bury it, and sit around and wait for the master to come back full of excuses as to why we did nothing to increase. For us, in obeying the mandate to expand in good stewardship of what is given us is the action of using what God has given to the maximum. Is this only for an hour and a half a week? Or is it for many opportunities for worship? that we can physically provide in the space that God's given us? Is this sanctuary given to us by God for his use to expand his church, only made available to those that can come and fit for one opportunity a week? Or is it God's house of worship that needs to be opened to accommodate his command to expand as much as we are able? Worship opportunities are opportunities to be a place of God's provision of his word and sacrament through godly hospitality. 
as God has blessed us with this beautiful sanctuary, we are called not just to bless ourselves, but to bless others through making room for all that God brings through these doors, to worship God with us. As the net filled to overfilling after Jesus commanded the disciples to cast the net in one more time, another boat came along to help with the increased load of fish. For us in this season of our parish, another boat, as it has meant for many of churches in our own diocese, means other services are added to help with the increase that God provides. These all help in bringing all God brings into our midst to the shore around God's table in worship. Our call as Christians, just as with ancient Israel, is to obey Almighty God in the expansion of his church, his people. We face obstacles through this, to this all the time, whether they're external enemies like a Goliath or enemies within in our own fear and our own sin nature. Our call is to step in faith through what God has granted us as this part of his church and this part of the world, taking small steps forward with what we have been given, even if it's small compared to what others can do. The mandate is the same for all of us. It's to increase what has been given, regardless of what we think of our own capacities. Humility is key. This humility is to know we are in need of God's grace as the publican and are willing to be hospitable to those God brings in to this church, to confess their sins with us, and to join with us around the Lord's table in forgiveness and unity. No matter how small we are here with a smaller sanctuary, God still increases us and moves us forward, even as he did with small beginnings, with a figure like David or the apostles like Peter to eventually face the likes of a Goliath or the likes of a mandate to spread the gospel to the entire world with Peter. The key is to ever stay humble in God alone, running in the way of his commandments. Amen.